I have a question though. Is it, parang, I see a lot of posts, especially in Twitter. Um, parang people are saying, uh, stop calling me doctor, doc outside the hospital. Is it something that you find Annoying. or annoying? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, not really. Like, it's okay. It's not this, it's not something that is generally frowned upon, I guess. But, yeah, it's okay lang. It's okay with me. Especially if you're a patient and you know me in that regard or aspect. Yeah, I don't I don't see a problem with that. It's probably the, the personal preference of that person. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mind it at all. Especially, you don't stop becoming a doctor when you're off yeah. duty. So, I have no problem with that at all. The work, doesn't, the work doesn't stop naman eh. Like, relatives stop. Call me. <laughs> Friends call. Text me. They ask for advice. They ask for They ask for... So it's like... Uh, if you don't stop naman treating me as a doctor, then you can call me like anytime as a doctor. So that's no problem with guys this week we have another important guest or all of our guests naman are important but he's been busy for quite some time that's why we've only been able to get him now um he's been through a lot wow through a lot uh he's a doctor in um la saldasma what what's what's the official name of that school dlsumc dlsumc yeah, yeah. He's a. I actually forgot your specialization. He's an OB. Not an OB. I'm just kidding. But please, Sir, uh, Aldo, what else can you add to this? No, I was just gonna say that you said that he's an important guest, and then because I think important, you you just to add to that he's important, especially in the context of what's going on today. Ah, right. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> With Very his role important. as a doctor, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, give a warm round of applause to Doc Jan Pereche. Hello. Welcome aboard, Doc. Thank you, thank you. I'm honored to be on board because I'm a fan of the podcast. It's 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 actually therapeutic for me to hear your voices, my friends' voices, especially while in the hospital. That's what what they do. In my free time. At least we have a confirmed fan, no? Besides yes, Aldo and number I. Number one fan. <laughs> you think about it, I imagine what how much fun it will be like to listen to these episodes again 10 years from now. You know, yeah. when we're stuck at home again for another With one kids. year. Joke <laughs> lang. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a new it's a new pandemic. <laughs> yeah, COVID 31. Knock on wood. Yeah, knock on wood. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. How are you, dog? How's how's ano? How's life been treating you lately? Well, um, for us, uh, work continues. It's it's relatively everything's back to normal, with the uh, exception of 
the precautions that we have. We have a lot of um, extra gear that we have to wear. And then the rooms, our problem is the room. So before, if it can fit around four people, now it's just one. Mm. So our main problem right now is, I think, the admissions, uh, even if we can operate on patients, um, well, the hospital can take it um, because of the uh, regulations mm-hmm. and the, the amount of patient spacing that we have to do in isolation, of course. But yeah, it's, it's, relative, it's coming back to normal, I guess business as usual already. So life in the hospital is exactly the way it would have, would you say it's exactly the way it would have been now if there was no pandemic? So the no. things that you're doing now are just the usual things or has it, aside from the precautions, has it changed? Like have you had to do more tasks just to accommodate this? Definitely there's um, less lesser patients, lesser amount of cases which is uh, a problem for us, especially when you're training. Um, we have a required number of cases that we have to see. Um, as much as possible, we, we try to discourage the elective cases if it can still be postponed. Uh, we try to uh, push it back as much as we can. And then um, I guess I think the biggest problem is, is not with us. Eh? It's with the patients they have to incur the extra cost of the swab. The swab has been expensive. It hurts, especially our charity patients, our service patients, as we call them. And then um, I guess um, also the biggest change for, one of the biggest changes in our hospital is the, the learning or the students. They're not allowed in the hospital or they've been allowed and then they've been pulled out and then now they're being allowed little by little. So there's still a lot of fear, especially with the parents. And you can't really force them yet since they haven't had the uh, Hippocratic Oath yet. They're not full-fledged doctors, I guess. It's a hard, it's a hard ask for them to, to be in the hospital, but they're, they're, they're losing the opportunity to have mm-hmm. that experience. So we're yeah. going to have a generation of doctors that pass the board that have not um, undergone the usual uh, training. So that's a little bit scary. Part of their learning because it's being exposed to the op- daily operations of the hospital. Yes. And it's also the, um, the R's, the mm-hmm. R's that you put in. It's a lot like uh, being a pilot, mm-hmm. I'd say. So with pilots, they have to, uh, there's a minimum number of hours or requirement. It's the same also with being a doctor. You can't just read it from, you can't read everything from a book. There's skills there that you have to know, patient interaction. So they're losing a lot of that, a lot of that. So parang it so, would affect yung bedside manners Lynn, and how... They deal with difficult, because it's important yung dealing with difficult patients, especially definitely, now. Definitely, definitely, that will be a um, it will be interesting to see how they how they will cope, um, and how we'll we will adapt to them once they've been allowed back fully. 
So, there. <laughs> so, I guess you kind of picked the perfect time to become a doctor, no? Like, if you entered med school a little, a I'd few say, years later, yes. right? Yeah. <laughs> I would not want to be a med student right now. Yeah. I'm not. Um, imagine if you did two years in the PBA before you went to med school. <laughs> like, it would have been horrible for you now because you would have been a med student, right? Kulang kulang exposure. Perfect timing, yeah. yeah. Number one, I think it's the environment. The environment of being at home is not will not make you a doctor talaga. It's uh, being exposed to your fellow students and then it's learning from them also. And uh, I don't know, I was pushed more seeing other people work mm-hmm. rather than having the time to work. When I see, kasi when, when I see someone studying, I feel pressured. Oh, I, have to, I have to study also. I have to be better than this guy or... Uh, yeah, you're, you kind of get, you kind of feel that push. But for them, I guess it's a little bit harder. And um, yeah, I feel like they have more, they feel like they have more work now because um, yeah, they, they're being piled on with more um, paperwork to, to compensate for what they're losing in the hospital, Fine. which is more boring. Yeah. Parang yung paperwork would offset yung ex- actual exposure nyo to the hospital learning. Yeah, because a lot of the, the professors feel like they're, they're not doing anything, which is, well, to their defense, I don't think that's true. So there. Yeah, that's true. That, yeah, that's, that's... Perfect timing. I, I wouldn't yeah. want to be, you know. And it's also the perfect time to be, uh, I'd say, a, a doctor right now. Because you, you get to uh, help people, you get to know um, the ins and outs of the pandemic. So, parang, parang the pandemic is like a lifetime experience. Rin, you know? well, you're going to make this cuento when you're 70 years old, right? Mm-hmm. To the younger doctors. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I think... I think they will, yeah, yeah. In the, imagine in the history books, they're going to write about this time. If before it, it was like the Great Depression or Spanish World too. War, yeah. this is Before this is a landmark event. Yeah, we have the SARS and now COVID nineteen. Yeah, they're gonna call They're gonna call the book "Face Shields Work from and Work from Home Setups." History <laughs> COVID nineteen in the Philippines. The world stopped. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah. you can you can play it up to your grandchildren. Oh, yeah, I was there in the no pandemic. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. You were saving people. <laughs> I was in the Philippines during the pandemic. Yes, yeah, so hard hit, and the Philippines had the highest number of cases in Asia. We had such a great government at the time. <laughs> So you mentioned like that it's the perfect time to be a doctor, but I'm sure you couldn't have predicted that these kinds of things would have happened when you chose to become a doctor. So like, mm. what are like the what helped you decide to become a doctor, take up medicine? Because I remember as early as high school, like you already knew that you wanted to enter this field. Was so it could because you like, walk you us through it? Was it because yeah. your lungs was pierced by a doorknob? <laughs> yeah. So I. That was one experience that I had in second year high school. Um, I had pneumothorax. Yeah. So that's when you're, you have air outside of your lungs. So uh, that happens spontaneously contrary to popular, 
popular belief that <laughs> was it because it of was ano, a certain incident in school? <laughs> no, it was it was uh, it's it's uh, common in lanky thin males in okay. their early um, teenage years. So spontaneous pneumothorax it happens. So you have a bleb that pops, and then. Um, There, 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 it so happens that there was a lung. Actually, I was asymptomatic. I just got a routine chest X-ray, and then right, they, so... and then they called me up. There, they said, uh, "You have to come to the hospital immediately, immediately." And wow. then later on, when I, at the time when I was in high school, I said, "Ano ba? Ano ba to? What are they saying? I'm not feeling anything." Yeah. And then they just treated me with oxygen. Uh, thankfully, they didn't operate on me then. a chest tube but that got me interested and then when I was in med school I realized wow that was a life-threatening life-threatening event pala. like there was a whole um, uh, segment on it on uh, in surgery that you have to do oh. so, it's, so you're it's, lucky that you didn't parang it wasn't severe enough to be operated on but it's a oh, yeah. it's supposed to be a surgical ano. looking back I was feeling pain. I was feeling pain, but then I would say like, oh, this is just from basketball practice. Oh, this was just um, a normal feeling. Because I was but thrown then, to a door. <laughs> thrown to a door. But then... Um, Brian, uh, our, our listeners might not get that. <laughs> it's funny. Anyway, it's a, different, yeah. it's a long story. Yeah. Go on, dog. <laughs> so I was, I was thrown to a door by a fellow classmate. It's not your fault. <laughs> it's not your fault. Yeah. But that's the closure that was, you've been looking for. <laughs> that was an experience that uh, I think helped me. Mm-hmm. And it was, I think, also that time that I realized science really interested me more. And it helped that math was such a mortal enemy. <laughs> I know doctors always say that. That yeah. uh, why are you a doctor? Oh, because I'm not good at math. <laughs> But um, it was such a it was a calling really mm-hmm. for me. Well, in your family, you wala namang doctor, no? So it's really no, just... actually, Dude, this is, uh, sisters. Two of Ay, my sisters. sisters. Yeah. <laughs> um, we didn't talk about it. We didn't. Um, Parang walang influence. Yeah. Uh, my eldest sister is actually HRM graduate. And then she mm-hmm. became a doctor after after HRM. Oh. Wow. And then my my the middle child uh, was on the way to become an OB. So there. Just like you. <laughs> I want to clarify that. I'm a general surgeon. Because <laughs> they're starting to mistake me. There are people that ask me already, you know, that try to consult me with the you know, OB questions. Is it because of ano? Is it because of Aldo? <clears throat> It's Aldo's fault. Dude, I didn't come up with that just for the record. <laughs> yeah, but record. it's it's all good. Like you can ask me for. advice tips yeah but you have a general understanding of that right from when you yeah, got your all, md all um general physicians they have they're required to have a um the adequate knowledge for um all specialties all just that i'm not specializing on that so it's kind of uh, 
<laughs> awkward. <laughs> yeah. So like, what is um? So you know, you decided to become a doctor. So what was next after high school? What did you take? So after high school, I I applied everywhere because I I I wanted to see where I could get in. So I was able to get in um, La Salle. Uh, it was an accelerated human biology course. So I was only I stayed in La Salle sadly only for two years, and then I had to go to. Uh, Um, DASMA for med proper. So oh, all in all, the LSU experience, boy. Yeah, it was two years and it was uh, jam packed. So they really the amount of courses that you need to take in four years, they crammed it into two years. So there's no summer, there was no Is happy like Thursday, there was Is... no uh, going out with friends. Uh, Is that like an honors course? Na parang it's really just a selected few of they, people. Na, no? They call it a quota course. Mm, quota course. Quota okay. course. Yeah. So I don't know. I I just got lucky, definitely. Because lucky, yeah. <laughs> and then. But taking a program like that, you finish a little earlier than other people, right? Yes. So what happens is medicine is actually. Uh, It depends on your. It depends. It's always four years, but it depends on your pre-med. So mm-hmm. if you have a pre-med of four years plus the four years of med school, that's eight years. Mm-hmm. So that's the regular uh, route or the regular track pathway. Yeah. So the fact that you only have two years and then immediately you go to med proper afterwards, that's a huge plus. That's like intermed of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. But then it doesn't really stop after that. So yeah. after med school, you have to specialize, and if you don't want to practice yet, and from there you can uh, subspecialize further. So what? So, what made you choose? What? 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 What's your specialization first? You know, general. So my specialization is uh, general surgery. So we handle almost the whole the whole body technically. Mm-hmm. So what's any type of surgery required here or no? Yeah, you're, we can, there. we're supposed to be, before, uh, in the olden times, they like to say, general surgeon is the surgeon. So there, were, there, were, there was really no, um, before there was uh, a branching of uh, orthopedics, ENT. Uh, um In the olden times, there's only a surgeon in a hospital, yeah, yeah. so they have to be they have to be um, uh, adequately prepared. So it's just recently that since there are more doctors now, um, there are more subspecialties. So it's slowly becoming more uh, specified or specialized. Mm-hmm. So there. So I wanted to be. Yeah, a general surgeon. Why did you choose general surgery over, kunyari, like cardiovascular OB. surgery? Actually, OB. cardiovascular surgery is a subspecialty, subspecialty of general surgery. So that's a first step. Uh, so, so you can still, you know, you can still be. Yeah, afterwards. 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 So, so why surgery? Why not OB, pedia, ano pa ba? Um, um, general medicine. What What made you choose ano? So I, I really wanted to become a doctor at the start. Mm-hmm. So I was sure about that. 
But then as I was exposed, because especially in your last year when you're into clerkship, they'll expose you to all of the specialties. And then um, I, I just had a really good experience there where they're, um, they let you suture the patient or they'll let you um, go with them in the rounds. I like the fact that it had a lot of uh, immediate doing. It's proactive. Um, in the other specialties, I'd say it, it's a lot. It's a lot more of um, chronic diseases. Like, if, for example, internal medicine. Uh, there are lots of diseases that um, you have to treat for a long time: high blood, diabetes, especially cancer, of course. Um, but with surgery, there are a lot. There are lots of procedures that, for example, appendectomy. I operate on the patient tonight. Tomorrow, there's a hundred, 180 degree like uh, change in their disposition, or in, they improve immediately. So I, I like that aspect of it, um, the immediate improvement of the the patient. I'd say, and I guess there's a really there's like a surgeon's high, I guess. Uh-huh. I don't know, like <laughs> in, especially in intense situations that you have to operate immediately, like in a trauma case, uh, there's a stab victim. Um, and there, the, I think adrenaline rush is what you look for also. That's what's nice about it, I guess. So are you like Doctor Strange before he became an Avenger? Doctor Strange is neurosurgery. Yeah. So, so that's actually, stuff like that so eventually you can that's also yeah. is um there's a short course to neurosurgery, but mm-hmm. there's um well there's also a path after general surgery wherein you can apply to neurosurgery. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that's it's a that's another five years. Yeah. So not a lot of people do that. Or I'd say uh, only a couple of people is capable of doing that. You'd be training for such a long time. It, so it really it's takes actually a, a very interesting thing. case. He's a Doctor Strange is a neurosurgeon. Oh, so you mentioned taking like um, short courses for that. So after you MD, you get the diploma for that, right? And then you have to take the board and everything. Yeah. And then when you choose to specialize in surgery, are you this is like you're back in school again? Do you have to do classroom things also? No. So what happens is um, after you're a uh, after med school and mm-hmm. after the boards, you when you choose a lot of people, they take their time, of course, because it's not mm-hmm. an easy uh, decision to make immediately after because you have the pressure of the boards. Eh? Mm-hmm. So uh, I was just lucky that I already knew what I wanted. So even before I passed the boards, uh, while people were waiting for it, because there's a long wait, especially for our batch because of the typhoon. Mm-hmm. There was almost like a, a month of waiting for the result. So while I was waiting, I was already applying for, mm-hmm. for residency. For general surgery. Hospitals. Yeah. So that, that's I know that's actually scary because imagine if you failed the boards. Yeah, yeah, but so, you weren't gonna uh, fail. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. You're going to say, uh, doc, out na po ako muna. I didn't pass the boards. I have to study again. 
But like, how, so how, it, how is... Ay, sorry, sige, go. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, like, how is the transition? I mean, kasi in, at least for, for medicine, di ba, parang, you have the clerkship experience na even before you graduate, before you become an MD, parang you have the clerkship experience. Pero, so parang you're, at least you're ease into it, at least you ease into the doctor experience. Pero how is it different from, from learning in school as a clerk versus learning now as a resident? It's so different. It's, <clears throat> it's probably uh, the biggest jump that you can make from clerkship or intern. Because there's mm. actually an uh, intermediate. It's called the intern. Mm. That the interns are studying for the boards. but they're not. So they're not yet a doctor, but they're tasked to be in the hospital to, to be exposed further. It's a requirement for the boards. So there's mm. that. So... And then uh, there's the resident. So the resident is uh, the worst. The worst, I'd say that that's the, the worst especially part. the first year resident. So it depends per program, per hospital, per department. But uh, usually, they're the ones under the most pressure. Um, there's a, there's still a sort of hierarchy in medicine, and. Yeah, the, the training is intense. Like um, everything that you're, everything that needs to be done, um, all of the work or all of the workload, um, it's mainly on the uh, first year resident. And then, um, and you also have the responsibility already of, of uh, being a doctor. So it's like your first. It's it's technically like your ano. Your first job, I'd say. So even even if you parang clerkship and internship, it's really the the experience parin is really drastic. So you're really not eased into the yeah yeah. Because um, the clerks and the interns they have no responsibility. I'd say their only responsibility is to the college mm-hmm. or for the interns. They don't really have a um. Their own responsibility is to pass the boards, so it's very it's very lax. We're very lax on them. Uh, actually, right now they're they can choose to be virtual, so that's how lax we are with them. Wow. Uh, yeah. So there's a there's really a huge jump in responsibility. I'd say. Boss, so, pala. <laughs> so you so you can command the interns and the clerks. Yeah, yeah, you can, you can. But for a long period of time, we we were able to survive without them, naman. So, especially during the pandemic. Because they weren't allowed to, ano, to... They weren't allowed. Though. They're not. They're not an employee. Because they're students. Technically. They're students. Technically. So I guess you've you've gone through a lot of like the process of. Um, just becoming a full-fledged doctor already because you've already experienced these things. You were yourself like a clerk, an intern, you went through. You got your pre-med and you did med school. Like, um, which of these um, parts of like the journey were the most fun for you? Or like, which one stood out the most? Um, it has its own, it has its own like uh, perks and pros yeah. and cons, I guess. 
So when you're a clerk, yeah, the excitement level is the highest, I'd say. Okay. Because from books and auditorium, uh, uh, lectures, it suddenly becomes actual. So that's what I'm like trying to drive at. Like the, these clerks, they're missing that part of the experience. So the first time that they're in the hospital, the late nights, um, that's the first time that I was actually awake for 24 hours, the clerkship. Wow. I didn't yeah. even know that that was possible before <laughs> when I, it was around 1 a.m., 2 a.m. It's like, wow, this is the longest. Or 4 a.m., like in a party. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. the longest I've been awake. Mm-hmm. But then come in clerkship, internship. There, that's when you feel it. That's when you um, um, you're you're tasked to be in the hospital for more than twenty four hours, and then um, internship internship. Naman, I think that had the least um, amount of pressure, I guess, because um, you're not a clerk anymore, so you're a little bit boss. <laughs> but then a little lang. You don't have the responsibility of a resident, Mm-mm. so anything that you do wrong, it's okay. You're an intern. You yeah. just have to pass the words. You just have to yeah. study. You just have to uh, uh, do what your resident will tell you. You don't really have to um, exert much effort. And then come residency, that's the time. It, it it's a test of uh, character, really. I'd say. How how is it dif- different? Yung the treatment from from clerkship, internship, then do um, residency. Like how, because parang there's always this issue on how parang the seniors or the the elder ones treat the the incoming batches or the younger clerks. Is that I something think... of a concern? Because parang kunyari, KGO, with the uh, with the pilot and the ano, yeah, yeah, yeah. parang malakas yung ano yung to, ano. seniority is it is it yeah. similar or is it worse? There are horror stories with other mm-hmm. hospitals. Uh, I personally think uh, in our hospital it's rather tame already. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the normal. It's a reasonable amount of work that they give us, and it's not really demeaning. Mm-hmm. Um, in other hospitals, especially. In, in previous years, there are horror stories that they're they're tasked to clean the restroom. There, uh, what else? You have to you have to pay for their your your bosses or the seniors dinner when it, when you're on duty. Um, what else? Uh, like or sometimes they have they they force you to drink and all that. So uh, this is uh, I think. More on some public hospitals, I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay. The ones that have this kind of culture. Yeah. But I can't really, I don't have that experience. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. So, like, what made you decide to, um, like, go through all of this with uh, LaSalle and do it, like, with the LaSalle Hospital? Yeah. Did you consider um, practicing in a public hospital or somewhere else? Or, like, what were the, um, what did the factors that come into play for when someone has to make a decision? And what were your options? So there's a lot actually. Um, each each um, subspecialty has a um, has a different like 
pros and cons again. Um, for example, when you're in internal medicine, there's a lot of treatments that you need to do. There's a lot of um, um, medicines that you prescribe to patients. Some would say, some would say that it's better in a private hospital with with a with internal medicine because you get to see the progression of diseases. The patients are able to pay for their treatment, so you're able to see the start and the end of your like treatment um, mm -hmm. regimen. As opposed to like with a public hospital, they can't afford it, so you're not able to um, monitor monitor the patient or their loss to follow up. Uh, so that, that they would say that's a that's a that's one point that they have. But when it comes to surgery, I'd say the the best would be to have as many cases as possible. Because it's a skills uh, skills dominant specialty. So public hospitals have that edge as compared to private but what the private hospitals naman have a benefit on is that um, they have better equipment, mm -hmm. they have uh, more uh, latest uh, technology, laparoscopic, uh, robot surgery. Well, so like it's really your choice. Why I choose, chose LaSalle is that it's sort of in the middle. It's a private hospital, but it has service patients. Meaning, um, we don't really um, charge them a doctor's fee, but they have to pay. And that's for why it. you watch the movies, right? Which one? The when you watch your movies, that's what it goes for. Oh, yeah, I watched yeah, the, yeah. I watched so, yeah. the, I watched the before, video before the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Before, <laughs> before, um, <laughs> we, used, <laughs> we used to um, have film show, film showing, block screening, yeah. uh, in order to get funds for these service patients. So we pay for their materials and then we gain experience from them as well. So it's a win-win over there. So like, for example, per specialty, pa, parang there, there are certain hospitals that you go to, like kunyari, college, di ba, parang when you say, actually medicine dapat UP supposedly, so to speak. Uh, and then kunyari, no. LaSalle Business LaSalle. School, parang ganun. For for ano ba for specialties for residency may ganun ba para stereotype ba yung hospitals or it's really just a private public um, um, aspect of it that you consider. Um yeah there are there are hospitals that have a reputation for being um, the first I guess and mm -hmm. therefore they're more uh they're they're sort quote unquote better than the newer upcoming um, residency programs. But I think the number one thing that, um, that they look for is the accreditation. So there's a thing called accreditation with residency programs wherein um, if you're accredited, definitely when you graduate, you'll be recognized as a, uh, for example, a surgeon. So you're a recognized surgeon. However, if you're unaccredited, your program is still uncredited. You're you're sort of in a limbo. You're still um, they're still checking if what you're doing is at par with the different residency programs. Okay. So 
for example, uh, there's a private there's a private hospital that wants to set up its own surgery program. Mm-hmm. Um, there there has to be residents that come in. So, so before they get accredited, a, before they get accredited, so that's a that's a risk on the the on the resident because why would you go there rather than a accredited program? So they have that's their true. own incentives. So they have higher pay. Um, yun. Parang ano kay yung test yung guinea pig. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's one thing that they look at more than I guess the the what do you call this? Uh, different hospitals. Is this how it is also, or is this like the standard around the world? Is it similar to like what would be happening in another country? Yeah, I'd say I think so. I'm not sure how they do it in the in different countries, but mm-hmm. you need to start somewhere, and uh, for you to be duly recognized, you need to have you need to have something to show show yeah. them. So. I was actually enticed before to, to uh, I one of the one of the decisions of my life was I was actually going to two hospitals to to see which one I wanted. So it's called pre-residency. So before before you become a resident, they sort of they're tryouts wow. if you're gonna make the team. So I was trying out for an unaccredited program, and of course the other one was LaSalle. So I was able to see the difference among uh, between the two of them, and yeah, I opted to go for this this quote unquote safer route. Okay. Yeah. Um, how is it? How's the experience like different from what we see on ano, on TV like? Kasi like dami ng dami ng doctor yeah. show, uh, Grey's Anatomy, um, Scrubs, the Good Doctor, Scrubs, <laughs> uh, dami eh. Like how, yeah. how parang I'm sure you've watched some of them and then you've yeah, entered, yeah, of course, of course. you've entered residency. I think, parang, I think how some doctors, different? some doctors are, um, what do you call it? Inspired by these movies no? and uh, uh, TV shows, and I don't think that's a bad thing. But I think. Uh, Oh, is it there, there are, how there realistic are like, is it? similarities. Yeah, there's some uh, realistic scenes where, in, especially in Grey's Anatomy, when they do the surgeries mm-hmm. or when they, um, when it's your first surgery, it's uh, there's a scene there when see George George O'Malley yeah. is the first surgeon allowed or like first intern first, uh, intern person. Um, he's allowed to do an appendectomy. So that's for you to be the first one to do that. That's really a huge uh, honor, and it's a pressure-packed um, experience, definitely. Especially all of them were watching. Mm-hmm. So again, when I had my first experience, it was really nerve-wracking, and uh, it was it's one of the highlights of my medical career so far <laughs> and then um, I guess the the thing that's inaccurate is there's lots of I uh, know there's lots of uh, sleeping scenes or like, <laughs> scenes the on call room. but you, you don't get to sleep <laughs> definitely right? well I can't I can't speak I can't speak yeah. for 
the this. other hospitals, but I yeah. can't imagine that happening in our hospital. <laughs> they have on-call rooms. Yeah, I mean, you don't even yeah, sleep for 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> but the work that you do and then the, uh, the state of the hospital, it's kind of a dirty dirty place. Mm-hmm. I don't think that would, that would even cross your mind while being goofy <laughs> and like being so busy and then definitely you'll be turned off I guess I, I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if there's actually a real life um, counterpart to that I know. maybe in the states maybe I can see that maybe but not here I don't think so if there is uh, congrats to <laughs> Guys, uh, walang ganun. Don't you, expect it you when you go to... Just the record is straight now. Well, yeah. speaking of the States, speaking facts if here. a doctor from the States wants to come here and like work with you guys in La Salle, do they, they have to take the board here also? If they're already yeah. done with everything? They have to... They have to... Um, they can't practice medicine here mm. unless they are... They go through the normal routine. So their medic- medical education is uh, recognized here, then good. Uh, and then all they have to do is take the boards. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they have to go through internship here for one Before year. Before the board. They have to take the boards and then they can practice here. Um, for us, if you want to go there, you have to take the MLE, which is a three-step process, which... Um, I will not go into anymore because it's a, <laughs> there are YouTube channels for that and a lot of people um, are able to give advice on that already. It's it's like a harder ano naman. It's harder processes. Because like, sorry, our, our example is really the pilot which is J.O. Parang for him, they just, parang he just has to take another licensure exam so to speak. Oh, definitely. It's not that easy. It's not. It's really not. No. Well, it's uh, not easy, naman talaga. Pero yeah. I think it's the same. I think with being a lawyer, with mm. being a lawyer, if you're if you're if you pass the bar in a certain place, you can't. You, you can practice law there, but then if you transfer, you have to take. You have to be accredited again mm-hmm. in that area. So I guess it's the same with being a doctor, and I think it's for good measure because mm. the diseases here. It's so different from the diseases there, and it, vice versa. So they have no idea how wow. to treat tuberculosis. That's, that's interesting. They yeah, this no is pretty interesting. They like think how, how... that TB is a death sentence. That or they they close hospitals for TB for tuberculosis. Here, the, when you basic see a TB, yeah, patient, it's like okay, okay. It's like okay. everyone has. <laughs> you even say ah okay okay at least you only have TB. <laughs> <laughs> like it's such a yeah. it's such a it's we've, we've become desensitized already to it that's, that's an interesting fact and it's treatable for us yeah mm-hmm. well it is treatable it's treatable so yeah. yeah that's so interesting so like so since the diseases differ the I guess the content that you study is kind of different yes, also yes, yes. so it's definitely, like more on definitely. It's, is it focused on the Philippine settings so to speak here oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. when you're a doctor here uh, we have to know endemic diseases mm. so um, it comes with our training that if you come from Palawan I have to know your 
uh, travel history because you might have, if you have fever, uh, all that, you might have malaria. If you come from mm -hmm. Samar, you might have parasitic disease, plate. You know, it, these things, another doctor from another country won't, won't know. And vice versa. Like, if, if, if you throw me out there, it will probably take time to be acclimated to their different diseases. That's so interesting. So, are the doctors, like, for example, like, you know how some Filipinos, they take their, they get their degrees here and then they mm -hmm. take masters abroad and then they come back yeah. with that masters, like with an MBA, um, more of like on a business setting. Are there Filipinos, the one who do that, and they take their, yes. I don't know, pre-med here, here, they take med there, then they come back? Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. So, yeah. That's actually encouraged because okay. it's the opposite of brain drain. So you're gaining experience from the outside and then you're practicing here. Mm -hmm. That's invaluable. That's, that's um, what you're doing is uh, a service to the country. And it's also good for you because mm -hmm. you're, 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 of course, being compensated for it. Or for example, you're a surgeon and then you train in, for example, Singapore. And then you learn their techniques. You, um, an example is a laparoscopic um, method of um, operating. So before, in the olden times, they, they operate by always open. So they do a, a, a bigger incision to be able to do the surgery. But with lapros laparoscopic, um, you can go inside the belly button the camera is there and then you just need to insert like robotic arms and you can do the same procedure using minimal um minimally invasive techniques wow so, so now really cool. those, those doctors that studied abroad they came back here now there are training programs wherein they teach filipino doctors and now it's becoming um it's becoming a staple already it's like People, uh, surgeons are now adept at doing it. So we're improving because of what they're doing. How about for you? Like, have you ever thought of doing that? Oh, yeah, definitely. Training, training abroad. So it's usually, it's usually just one year. Mm -hmm. It's okay. one year. It depends on the specialty that you pick, of course. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know what it is yet. But that's your job there. Eh? You have to improve it. You have to, you can't just, you can't just learn from each other here because you'll just know the same techniques. You'll just be the same doctor as the one who taught you. So I really think that learning from others will be on how they do it, on how they treat their patients there. Uh, that will be a huge um, contribution to the medical field here. You should tell that to the PBA. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, definitely, I'll be doing that. I'll be. So that's like you know, sometime in the future. Uh... Yeah, and not all. Imagine not all doctors can do that because mm. training extensively. Uh, we're not being, for example, me. I'm a third year resident. Mm. Imagine for, for four for six years. I was a student, technically. I was on stipend when I was an intern, which is 
below minimum wage siguro. Mm-hmm. And then um now that I'm an now that I'm a resident, I'm just on a probably starting salary. So imagine that I'm already almost a decade out of high school and I'm still earning subpar to my peers. So like that's that's crazy if you think about it that you're going to keep on training which will not pay you much if at all any. So not all doctors here can do that. That's what that's one that's one um factor that they have to take into account so other people they want to sub-specialize but they can't they want to go they have to go on duty now because they have to support their families so they become uh, general physicians already yeah. so they go on duties for the rest of their career since you opened the topic now of um, salary and ano, hmm. where does the notion that doctors are rich come from because parang especially now with the with the current with the pandemic that's ongoing medyo mas exposed or parang it has come to light that doctors nurses underpaid diba or yeah. um parang work work overwork parang the compensation's not um equivalent to the work that they're doing eh parang every time na we talk parang family gathering oy magdoktor ka kasi yayaman mayaman mga doctor where does that come from parang at what point in your career do you become rich <laughs> Right. Well, it's, that's one notion that I want to clarify. Like, mm-hmm. Not all doctors are actually, though dead, rich. Mm-hmm. They're not. So the, the reality is that um, there is a necessity for doctors. We're, we're still um, lacking. Kulang. We're mm-hmm. kulang. But the amount, it's not commensurate. The compensation is not commensurate for the amount of work that we do and the risk that we have, that we take on every time we do our jobs. Especially now. Yeah, especially now. So the, the allowance that they give us sometimes is laughable. Around 500, 800. I'm sure you've yeah. seen it. Yeah, yeah. Like Facebook groups or like complaints. <laughs> yeah. So I guess... Um, what is what is glorified are the minority i'd say of doctors that are subspecialized already because um you command that money already so you have that you finish those years of training especially to train abroad so the amount of money that you can or professional fee that you can command is very high so it's like that it's like that saying of Usain, Usain Bolt mm-hmm. wherein he just ran several seconds and then he was able to um, was able to win a gold medal and all of these um, all of that money and all of it so the amount of work that you do as a consultant you don't you don't uh, measure it by the amount of time he spent with you mm-hmm. talking to you so for example you had a 30 minute consultation with him if he charges you sometimes the the consultation now is sometimes 800 1000 mm, 1500 yeah 15 he's not it's not because of the amount of time that he spent with you it's because he invested 
years to know the, the things that he will prescribe to you, that he is able to diagnose you in 30 mm-hmm. minutes. So that's the, that's the notion that it's so easy that it's um, become a doctor because you can charge this much or you'll become so you'll become so um, rich with so little work. Nagtanong na na question. See, <laughs> Nagtanong na question 2000 na. <laughs> the hard work, right? Because the, you put you study for years to be able work, to answer those hard words. And also, you take on the responsibility. The responsibility behind that That's true. is huge. Is huge. That's true. If, if you make a mistake, if you make a uh, wrong diagnosis, if you... Uh, all of that is on you. So there, I, th- that's what that's what they don't see, I guess. Mm. I guess it's similar to like how people are treating artists or um, yung the graphic artist where parang they say, oh, muro, dali, dali lang yan, but di mo na lang babaan yung read. Pero it's, it's not just do it that yourself. Kasi, yeah, if you think it's, it's so easy, do it yourself. It's not exactly <laughs> yeah. that. It's not that yeah. straightforward. Eh. It's yeah. There's like for you, you're, you're already uh, what six years, uh, six years studying, tapos three years in in residency, and it's still kulang pa. I mean, the you, the amount of knowledge that you have, it's still not enough. No, so much much more pa if you actually specialize on something. No. I'd say even the ones that finish, they're still learning. Mm-hmm. The ones that are um, they're done already, um, they're already in their 40s, 50s. Sometimes I see them, they're taking online classes because they want to be up to date. Mm-hmm. What they learned in med school years ago, 20 years ago, it's not applicable. It's not the same. There's, there are new medicines, there are new drugs. That's why we have so many conferences yearly uh-huh. so especially with surgery there are different um, technologies so hindi ka pwede paglumaan you have to keep up it's on you it's not like law na parang whatever law they made 10 20 years ago the cases that happened then parang yun yung magiging basis of the cases now it's yeah, not yeah. like that but it's nice that you say that because I think that's something that we realize now that um you know us millennials, mm-hmm. millennial falcon, are we're getting a little older, and mm-hmm. you realize that learning doesn't stop after school, like especially if you want to remain competitive in the industry, like yeah. um of course especially with medicine, but in more in smaller subtle ways in other industries also you really have to continue learning. If not, like what you said, you're you're gonna be out of out of date. Yeah. yeah like even just with most jobs like uh, having excel skills like mm. the new functions that come out just better computers and everything you really need to know those things and it's nice to hear that like from someone yeah. who has such an important job that you know that the training really doesn't stop yeah they always like to say lifelong lifelong learning yeah yeah, yeah. A doctor. so that's true yeah. like the moment that you stop learning you're, you're not a doctor anymore yeah, you're gonna get left behind. It's and it's, yeah. it's gonna be a risk for your patient. No, if, uh, if oh yeah, yeah. There's, there's even an episode in Scrubs about that. There was a there's an old doctor that didn't want to learn. I think 
or like didn't want to go to the conferences, they 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 found out that he couldn't do some of the new things that the junior doctors could yes, do. doing. So they were they found out and he was like banned. He was uh he was told off. Yeah, so and some practices like you face out some practices also, right? Like um, I was reading one time, and then I came across the term lobotomy, and I had to Google it, and I was just like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah, is that one? <laughs> for for yeah. for our audience who are not familiar, what's lobotomy? So I know it's it's very controversial, eh? Dude, it's crazy. Like I wish yeah. I didn't read it. <laughs> well, yeah, before what they uh what they thought was um. So there are people with intractable seizures. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a seizure is caused by excessive brain waves or electrical impulses of the brain. So they thought they, I think they experimented taking out a part of the brain to see if it will help. So what they found was it, little by little, they, know, they were able to note that it was helping. So it had to do something with the, with the, the brain. Out. Yeah. So... But then they were able to do that with medication, so now they don't they don't really do that anymore. So there, that's 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 one I know, that's one uh, topic, controversial topic. But um, what else? What else are other? Dude, blood types. I also Wikipedia that. Blood types. It's amazing how the guy discovered it. Yeah! 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 So like, uh, with, imagine if someone now insisted on doing actually, it. Actually, I don't. How did they? How did they, I don't know how they discovered it. In but, the 1800s, though, someone just someone noticed that um some of the blood transplant is it called a transplant or yeah, transfusion or something? Transfusion. Yeah. When you were giving the certain people the blood, it was working, and then the other people it wasn't working. So he tried to figure out what was common with the chemical combinations. He just started getting like um corpses and everything. Yeah, As you can not... see, I'm a Wikipedia connoisseur. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's interesting. I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. Know that. So far, but... eventually he noticed that, oh, may pala, this different chemical composition yeah, or something so like that. I don't know the term. Yeah, yeah that there are blood types. Blood pala. Type. Oh, because yeah. yung tao before. Yeah. This is yeah, like so... pre Peaky Blinders. Yeah. <laughs> Peaky Blinders so, is our basis. That's why it's time important to. <laughs> Trial yeah. and error is actually very important. Uh, the things that you do by mistake, they might be able to help out everyone, your discoveries. So um, definitely giving the wrong blood type will, will cause um, anaphylaxis or even fever, uh, blood transfusion reactions that will be dangerous for the patient. That's why... Now it's uh, thankfully they're able to discover that. Now it's always a requirement to do blood typing before. Uh, okay, guys, you should know your blood type. Gonna <laughs> save your life. Yeah. So, like, um, before we go and discuss um pandemic related stuff, um, if you are okay with sharing, do you want to share like a f- interesting doctor related story, like something, anything like you know exciting or? Memorable. <laughs> Obviously, fact, that you're allowed to share. A fact yeah. that you you discovered yeah. long when you started. Yeah, or like know. something that yeah, something that would have happened only because you're a doctor. Mm. Well, I'd say it's the everyday. Uh, it's not everyday, but it's the weird cases that I see. <laughs> so, 
sometimes give us one. <laughs> no names, please. No names. No, no, no. No, yeah. no names, no names. Yeah, but yeah. like, um, so apparently there's still yeah. people that use bow and arrow. Oh. So I had Dude, my neighbor. <laughs> so there's a there's a patient that came in. He was still alive. Got shot right on the cheek oh, by the bow and arrow. And there's like a an arrow sticking out. Oh God! So you're like, wow, someone's someone shot still... him. Yeah, his neighbor. Why? So, well, we didn't like. Uh, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't ask anymore. It was that it was the neighbor and the intent to kill was there. It was a headshot. So oh, it, gosh. it went right on the um to the left left um, left cheek cheek, and thankfully um. It did not pierce all the way to the brain, so it, it like it went through the skull or just skin and no no it it, it skipped the skull it deflect just deflecting downwards ah uh, so between the down. the jaw parang ganon yeah it was, it was oh. near the ano yeah <laughs> so how well, did you, you know, take like, that off like what yeah do you mean? what happened so after? You just the important the... thing about doing that is you don't pull it out you don't pull it out so that guy was was actually very um, knowledgeable. He 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 um, supported it, and then he made sure not to pull it out or to hit it or to like cut it. So he just went into the ER with that, and that helped us a lot. So we were able to stabilize him, and then plan for the surgery. So what you do with that is you slowly dig until the tip, and then along the way you cauterize the the bleeders and then you remove it slowly and then afterwards you repair so it's not as easy as cutting so, open than just pulling the no 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 well well uh when you summarize it that way yeah pero <laughs> you slowly it's do more it complicated you don't pull it out yeah, yeah, yeah. so anything impaled if if there's something that you can learn from this podcast it's that if you get impaled with anything um do not pull it out <laughs> that, if you get stabbed, voila, just, just keep it. If you get stabbed and the guy didn't pull it out, don't pull it out. So if you get impaled with a tree trunk, so it happens with uh, car crashes, mm-hmm. or you get, um, I don't know, by a spear, I don't know. You don't <laughs> take it out. You just run to the uh, emergency. If you can't run, well, just make sure you stabilize it. Just don't make sure pull it, it doesn't out. move. So what happened to him after? Will he be? He'll just have a scar, lang. Yeah, yeah, he'll have a scar. Yeah. Uh, I guess his neighbor didn't play battle rams, no? Because if not, he would have made it a flaming arrow. <laughs> Everyone knows it's more effective. <laughs> oh, I mean, my intention to kill. Yeah, but and I guess for the victim, it was very you know poetic that he went to you know Lasal to have it treated. Yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He must have been like, no, I got hit with the arrow. They know how to fix that. <laughs> Definitely. Not Ateneo. Exactly. I'll go to Ateneo if like a bird bite. Animal, bird. animal. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'll go to UP if my skin turns maroon. Yeah. So, you know, you know how it is. Yeah. We go to the specialized. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how we know. Yeah, but when it's the bird, huh, you have to check if yeah, it's an yeah. eagle. You go to Ateneo if it's a falcon. You go to Ateneo. Yeah, you, you, yeah. you gotta be sure. But don't mix it up. Yeah, it's different. Pag, pag dog bite, yeah. you have to go to uh, <laughs> Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So that I think, yeah, that's one interesting story. I guess we get a uh, different different ones. Um, I guess um people use uh improvised devices a lot in Cavite. That's where we work. Wherein they mm. have their own shotguns. They have their improvised shotguns that are filled with um small metal bullets. Oh shit. Um, yeah, so that takes us a lot of time to repair what it was. Um, I guess that's a nice bonus for you working in the province. You get a little more exotic cases, no? Yeah, because I can't imagine someone in, let's say, Alabang getting yeah. shot. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I don't think you ever see that. The archers, junior archers are shooting arrows. Why it's a smaller arrow? Lang yeah. Like mm. Why there's a Lasalle, there's a bow and arrow. <laughs> yeah, they say. <laughs> there's a bell's moving na rin to Cavite. <laughs> well, so I guess that's more, you know, more bow and arrows in Cavite. <laughs> well, definitely, I've, I've heard stories in Tondo. Tondo. Yeah. <sighs> They have more hardcore cases, I'd say. I can imagine. Mm-hmm. Oh, before... Uh, I have one more question. Good. So you mentioned that you do like 24-hour shifts and everything. So that's super... That's common, right? That's normal for you guys. Yeah. yeah. That, yeah. Actually, we do um total of 36, I guess. Mm-mm. 36. And then the next day is a the normal 8 to 5 if you're lucky. So, yeah. I, I guess my my schedule is easier said that way. But for the medical students and the doctors, of course, they already know the pre-duty and from or post, they call it. So, the pre-duty is normal 8 to 5. But if they need you, they can call you back. So, that's your like off day. And then the, the duty is... 24 hours. So that's from 7 to 7 usually. And then what is interesting about it is that the post duty is connected to the duty. So that's uh, another 8 to 5 that is connected to the duty. So if you think about it, that's a total of, say, 36. 36 hours, yeah. 36, yeah. So it's different per hospital, per specialty, again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with surgery, if they need you, of course, you can. You have to be on call. So sometimes uh, I'm, I'm post, but then there's a surgery that uh, we scheduled, and it's twelve midnight already. You have to stay there, even after you're thirty six. Yeah. So yeah, and then we finish sometimes what four a.m. and then you have to come back for your pre duty on seven a.m. again. Um, so you since you guys are doctors, you guys are like the authority on like you know keeping healthy our bodies and everything. So like despite like having a hectic schedule like that, how are you guys able to like stay healthy? I guess. Because <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a, you guys are commenting. Yeah, it's yeah. the ultimate irony. I think yeah. that doctors um, can't follow their own advice. So the the sleep, of course, we can't because of our jobs. Uh, but we try to, of course. And then, um, I guess, well, not with me, but then a lot of doctors, are, are they feel the pressure. So um, 
one way that they cope is through smoking. So some doctors smoke. Um, That's an irony also. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. And then also with um, exercise, with a schedule like that, how can you exercise? Mm-hmm. You're, mm-hmm. Imagine you're, you're post-duty, you, you finish 36 hours, and then you're out at five, let's just say. Will you jog? Or you'd sleep. <laughs> or will you sleep? So that you're awake for your 7 a.m. the next day. Yeah. Actually, that's so, another concern, but that's being shed to light right now. It's how doctors are overworked pero parang the amount of lives that you handle or the amount of responsibility that you handle it's it's not oh, proportionate yeah. to it oh yeah if you if you see if you watch some of the shows in the US <laughs> it's a joke like when they when they talk about it um when they sh- when they try to show like a, a tired doctor usually that they say like oi it's your 20th hour already. You're not allowed to. So you've been here for 24 hours. You have to go home and rest. Like mm. that's not that's not real. <laughs> that doesn't happen. <laughs> not real. Here. Not in the Philippines. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you first that. Like, yeah. And there's still a. Uh, I guess it's a sign of weakness, right? Here in the Philippine culture, I said, if you're, it's it's up to you on how to cope. You're not supposed to like if imagine you're a resident and then you ask for time off or like um, uh, and then your senior is coping without you. It's like a it's like a I went through that. You can go through it too, kind of scenario. They like to always say yeah. that. Yeah. That's not healthy. That's crazy. Yeah, because. Paano kung pagod ka, di ba, as a doctor, tapos you have a surgery? Uh, yeah. Especially if, ano. Uh, but again, concern. <laughs> the, the, ano there is, the, the counter-argument there is that uh, you have to make your time sulit. There's only mm-hmm. a limited amount of cases. So you should actually be thankful for the extra time that you have. No, so,